0: Welcome back, everybody. I wanted to start off June, and welcome. This is 1st of June. We're kicking off summer. Can we call it summer? Based on the fact that we had 30 degrees in Chicago a few days ago, maybe. Wow. (laughs) But uh, welcome to the program, Greg Daniel. Greg is a wonderful actor, and I wanted to speak to him about his new project, uh, his new movie that's coming out, and I want to talk diversity because I'm a white guy. Uh, I'm the open-minded guy that always wanted to work with everybody else but sometimes you get that opportunity sometimes you don't and now our world is thankfully changing for the better so i want to mm-hmm. dive in and talk to greg all about that
1: absolutely welcome
0: to the program sir
1: thank you dylan uh, thanks for having me i really appreciate being here
0: no it's it's my pleasure uh let's let's get people up to speed uh i know you have over sure. IMDB credits but uh how did you start
1: well i'm a native new yorker born and raised in new York, and um, uh, my father is Caribbean. He's an immigrant from the Caribbean islands and his ca- island used to be under the British. He uh, was under the British. So we actually had volumes of Shakespeare around our house because many of the habits that were in uh, a British household we had, of course. Now, I, I would read it. I didn't understand thing it was saying, but there was something about the musicality of the language when I read it out loud. There was just something about it that seemed, how interesting, and this is English, huh? So by the time, so I was really into language and by the time I did see my first play, I think it was a restoration comedy or something like that i was stunned i mean it was literally like the roof blew off the place to see people in costume with lights and speaking in these strange uh, uh, english and moving around i just thought wow and for me for this precocious young lad it was one of the most noble thing i think you could do i mean by moving people by stories by telling a story and then when I delved into classical work and learned Shakespeare and others, it was just, my goodness, uh, this, is, this is amazing. And I knew from that moment on that I wanted to be an actor. And because I grew up in a, a theater-rich city, uh, New York, wasn't just Broadway. It was off-Broadway. It was off-off-Broadway, Lincoln Center. I mean, it wasn't just going to see Broadway shows. It was also seeing a lot of uh, classical and contemporary and new plays that was all around the city. you just throw a stone and you'd hit some theater somewhere that was putting up a play, maybe a revival, whatever. So I just ate it all up, it was so great for me because I just ate it, I just soaked it all up, like you could pour uh, work into me like, uh, as a sieve. But I really think my first, my first way of getting into it was definitely language, hearing the musicality of language, following language, love of language, using language to move people, to tell stories. So that's, that's how I jumped into, uh, into acting.
0: That's very interesting. And then uh, I know you've done a lot of uh, on-screen work and on-stage work. Uh, Is there a favorite? Is one more you than the other?
1: That really it's just usually uh stage work is harder because you're doing 6 7 performances a week uh matinees evenings so there's a certain kind of uh, rigor and, and and stamina you have to have but the exciting thing about stage is you can feel the audience there's this alchemy that happens between audience and actor on stage that you can't deny I mean you feel when they're listening you feel when they're not interested you feel when they you actually feel there's a vibration there's something in the air and that's very exciting that's very very exciting obviously with film which is of course, totally, totally legitimate. It's a different kind of intensity you have to bring because the camera's right in front of you. So I, I enjoy b- b- jumping into both mediums, but with the theater, certainly, I have to be ready uh, literally, uh, physically to be able to work out there, especially if it's a two hour play or two and a half hour play, or we're doing yeah. some long play, then that really is rigorous to challenging. But again, there's something about being buoyed by the audience's attention by their, you just know when they're shifting and, because you said something. You know, when they don't like you, you know, when they love you, really, you know, and not for booze or anything, but you can feel the quality of their attention. So I I use both and both of those kept me, have steadied me well, and I'll continue to do both.
0: Yeah, it's uh, and it's not just uh, for the again, I I, I act as well, but it's not just for the (laughs) actors that feel that anytime uh, anybody uh, that, you know, at work is doing a presentation or you're teaching a class or you're doing something, you feel that. When you're in front of people, you say something, you know whether it landed or not right. because you feel that shift in energy. Sometimes it's not pleasant and sometimes it's yeah. amazing. So absolutely.
1: Right. Right. And the thing is, it's only going to happen that time. I mean, tomorrow night will yeah. be entirely different. So whatever got them laughing, just laughing the night before, the next night they could be listening, but you'll say the line and you'll not hear a peep wasn't because you delivered it in a strange or new or way, it's just that this audience, the alchemy of this audience was just, they took it more seriously, shall we say, and they're entitled to, to do it. So it, it's, you have to be so attentive to what ha- is going on because you have to be so attentive. That, that's a different kind of skill. Uh, than in film and television. So, but I appreciate it all. I don't want to cast any dispersions on uh, film and television. I love it.
0: (laughs) And uh, you know, people certainly know you uh, a lot from the uh, film and television. Um, Let's talk diversity. I I know I mentioned that I wanted to dive into it because again, I know what I know and I I know only from one perspective. I can listen to all of my friends who are of uh, color or of Asian descent and I can ask them what it feels like and what they've experienced but I don't know what I don't know. So that's where you come in. I wanted to hear, because you've been in the industry for a while uh, and you've kind of seen how it was Mm -hmm. 10, 15, 20 years ago and you've seen where it's going now. So the first question, is it really changing and is it changing for the better?
1: Oh, I think uh, 2020 was a remarkable year, not because of the pandemic. Of course it was for the pandemic, but when the Black Lives Matter movement really swept through, not only nationally, but the world, Suddenly there was this, was, this was, this was this accounting for social justice, for yeah. racial justice, and I hadn't felt anything like that since I'm sort of a child. I'm a little young for it, but I was a child of the civil rights movement. So I've never seen a nation. I've never seen cities. I've never seen young people and older people galvanized together to. Decide this is not who we are, this is not who we want to be there 's white supremacy and there 's white power behind things we 've got to dismantle that and treat each other like we all are equal american citizens and that 's dazzling i mean it 's dazzling to feel to feel that and now I see palpable examples, not just performative, but real actions. I mean, when the NBA pulled the all-star game out of Georgia, when yeah. corporations, when the voice ball team uh, finally said, you know, we're not going to use indigenous people's names for our team. Suddenly there was this reckoning of, well, if you really want to stand for uh, equity, diversity and inclusion, what can you do? What, don't tell me about it, but now show me what you're going to do. And I have to say, I've seen demonstrative signs well, you could also say just in the streets. I mean, we had white kids, Asian kids, uh, African American mm-hmm. kids. We have older people, younger people. What a movement! And we this will go down in history 2020 as a year that uh, the, the, the American conscious said enough of white supremacy, white power. Let's let's make it. Let's make the playing field equal. So yes, I think it's yes, I think it's getting better. I think corporations and just people are taking more account now. For also, thank God we have iPhones. I mean, yes, thank right. God, I feel, the sad thing about it, it took, I mean, people of color have been talking about abuse by the law enforcement and communities for yes. decades, but it took iPhones and people recording footage for us to see, oh, they're not just grousing, they're not just playing the race card. There really is systemic racism in the way they're being treated. That's horrible. And of course, I referred to the murder of George Floyd as one thing that on a phone, you could just see, but why are you, he's handcuffed on his, on. it's just He's handcuffed on his stomach. Why are you kneeling on him with your full... I'm sure everyone was moved. Everyone saw that and went, this is not some sort of media bite thing or staged. And we saw a man die in front of us on national television. So again, it galvanized us as a nation, those people of goodwill that said, you know, this is not who we are. This is truly not who we are. So yeah, I see it in all industries, not just the entertainment industry, but I see it in many industries now that are splitting out statements and the way they're hiring, the way they're they're also hiring equity, diversity, and inclusion counselors. People who come in Good. and sit down in the corporate culture and will talk to executives and the workforce, but actually to discuss, okay, where we think we're part of the solution, but maybe we've been part of the problem. Maybe we've been performative in the way we've treated our our policy. So let's 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 take a look and see what we can do. I, I see that, and I can't help but be hopeful. Talk about glass half full. I've never seen quite a, a surge, an energy toward, like, riding the ship, if you will, after four years also of hearing some horrible attacks against women and LGBTQ, and people of. I, so yeah, this is all, I'm spilling this all out to say, I've never seen such a movement mm-hmm. as this one.
0: I hope so, and uh, in a way, it takes somebody like the president that we had for the last uh, four years before the current administration to really reflect onto people of: Is this who you are? Is this who you That's want correct. to be? Is this what you really believe deep inside? Some people do. Uh, I don't think they watch the show, but
1: some people <laughs> some people do. <laughs> you won't lose you won't lose any audience.
0: <laughs> I am right. not not worried about it because I'm me and I'm going to wow. say you know what I think, but. Um, I, I'm really hopeful that what you're seeing and what I'm, I'm hoping to see is that people are waking up and saying, "No, that's that's not what we're about, and we want to do something better."
1: Absolutely. So, well, one lesson was the election of Biden Harris. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, yes, seven million, seventy million voters uh, uh, voted for number forty-five. However. Look, we have a first woman of color as vice president. We have Biden. And immediately the policies and the empathy, the empathy changed. Suddenly you felt this. And then, of course, that horrible insurrection on January 6th. And once again, we saw it demonstrated in cameras. Well, they're mostly Caucasian. And look how you Mm -hmm. treated them. Yet when there was a peaceful Black Lives Matter movement in D.C., you had the militia. You had the freaking paramilitary folks out there. So, again, the nation, you can't deny what you see.
0: Yeah, and it gets, unfortunately, it gets convoluted with uh, a lot of ignorant people who were going to those peaceful protests and then started looting and then started writing and then started uh, doing things that really had nothing to do with the message and what the people were there to do. And because of that, some people got turned off and some people got the wrong idea of what BLM was all about. And to me, it's, well, People are people. It's, you can't control- Yeah, there'll always um, be
1: elements, right. There'll always be elements that we'll try and take advantage of, or try under the name of a banner of something, of a good message, we'll take advantage of it. But I think there are more those of goodwill and conscious who want to do it the right way, who want to reckon with our history, who want to say, you know what, this is not who we are as a nation and we have to perform this now, not just talk about it. And I see things opening up in a way that I can only hope, as you say, hopeful, I only hope it will last because it really seems to be coming from the bottom. It seems to be coming from the bottom to the top of those saying, yeah, right now to be in a, in a corporation or an office somewhere and not explore that seems to be counterculture. Now it's the norm to treat people equally, if you know what I mean.
0: And thank God for that because uh seriously, why why would we not be treating people equally? Well, uh, yes, of course. The, the the other part that I hope I, I find fascinating is that again, you know, it's 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 a curve, right? So you go up on one side of the curve and people get really, really specific and really try not to insult anybody and try not to and they're so careful that they go overboard. <clears throat> right. And the whole uh PC and cancel culture <clears throat> is when when are we going to be able to actually express ourselves without worrying about anything that we say offending somebody?
1: Right. Uh, well, yeah, so. There's going to be mistakes. Mistakes will be made. Right. I, no, no, mistakes will be made right now. Most of the time now, you know, I'm, I'm also a theater director. So one of the first things I ask, what's your, what are your pronouns? I mean, people are determining who they are. So what are your pronouns? He, she, uh, he, she, uh, they, and that's something I'm learning. And I I forget sometimes, I'll, I'll, I'll refer to a single male person sometime as he, when he wishes to be called they. But but again, that's that's a learning process. They know in my heart that I'm actually trying to observe, uh, I'm trying to observe your choices as you want to be defined. And so there's gonna be a little bit mistakes and they're gonna be some sort of awkward moments, but You know, in some ways, got to right the ship for those who have been uh, undermined and have been discriminated against and have been patronized. Yes, I think you can you can probably uh, veer a little bit too far that way. But let's look at the given circumstances. It comes from decades of treating people less than who they are and who they want to be as treating them as second class citizen. No one wants to be treated in this country as a second class citizen. Nobody.
0: Not at all, uh, and that's that's the the part of the the change in society is that now everything is kind of coming out, and a lot of people are very uncomfortable with it. But Absolutely. it needs to be done, and then it'll find its own equi- its own equilibrium, uh, where we can actually treat people as as one another without I having agree. to worry about differences.
1: so it's, it's embedded in our nation. I mean, the Declaration of Independence, it's, it's embedded mm-hmm. about treating people equal. This is not something we just, some new idea that we just came up with. This has been the bedrock of our nation from its foundings, mm-hmm. from its beginnings. This concept that people are, should be treated equally, regardless of race, color, or creed, it's we're just living up to those ideals. We just have to find the ways now to not make it just uh, sound good or be performative about it, but really live up to the I, I ideals of that. Who's the patriot here, Colin Kaepernick, or you know, who's the patriot? Who's trying to live up to the ideals, and when they see them yeah. go to the left, they're trying to say, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, but that's not the that's not the America that those founding those founding fathers that we did say yes, they're great. But so, who is actually now the patriot? Or those who go on January sixth and just want to lynch Nancy Pelosi and, uh, and and our vice and our VP? Who are the patriots? We have to really look and go. well now Who are the patriot, patriotic ones? Hard, yes, hard, yeah. different, awkward. But then change is always. It's always. Mm-hmm. You're old enough to know change. It's difficult. Yeah,
0: it is, uh, difficult. and thankfully our industry. And again, I'm returning. I'm. Um, um, mm-hmm. uh, referring to the entertainment industry thankfully the industry with the technology with the availability of uh, independent filmmaking and with the bigger and bigger projects uh, allowing us to actually see that diversity i love canadian shows canadian mm. shows i think have done a tremendous job at that kim's convenience you know shits creek sure. they've done they've kind of created that little bit of an alternate reality in which Everybody gets along and they're accepted for who they are, regardless of whether you know right. what your pronouns are, what your color is, you know what your uh, identifications are, and that's where we're going. And I've seen more and more in the U.S. starting to trickle in and starting to oh, uh, to have that too. So
1: it's undeniable. I mean, you can't turn it back. And I know, I'll give you one better. Not only in front of the camera, but behind the camera too. I currently work yeah. on a show on HBO, uh, Insecure. And I tell you, the, uh, the, the amount of BIPOC individuals who are doing every department of what it takes to make a television series, it's just refreshing for me to see because because of my long history in television, usually there are white males who are directing the show or white males who are scripting the shows or white males who are in the DP in the camera department. Usually, So now I'm seeing women, BIPOC and otherwise, in positions where I haven't seen in 20 years this many... Uh, gender women or LGBTQ or people of color in these positions that aren't in front of the camera, but actually are decision-making positions behind the camera. That for me, seeing the industry move that way, having a female DP or uh, uh, come up to me and say, okay, I want you to do That's like, wow, I don't see this very much. Mm. This is refreshing. So I have seen it. I I have uh, visually seen the change behind the camera with the inclusion of more females, of more people of color. And it's, uh, oh, God, it's it just makes it so much more interesting. It just does.
0: It does. And, again, I've seen it uh, before because I do a lot of independent well, films. So student films, independent films, you see that all the time. But I'm glad that these uh, uh, kids are graduating and they're getting jobs and they're continuing on that trajectory. That's right. It, That's does it right. make That's our right. world more interesting to see it through the eyes of the people who have actually experienced things as opposed to somebody who's just writing about it?
1: Absolutely, right. absolutely. It, it, we learn, it, it, we found we learn more from people who are not like us. I mean, we do learn a lot. And, and there's some, yeah. just some basic human skills that we learn in terms of listening, in terms of empathy, in terms of understanding. They're just human skills that we learn when we treat other people. First, that they're there, that they are actually there to have a conversation with. And we'll find, we, again, not to be cliche, but we probably have more in common than we have uh, different. We'll, we'll probably discover your parents, my parents, my grandparents, or where this came from. Or this. You'll probably find that we have more in common than we have different from each other. And that is, that's a revelation that will prevent us from, misunderstanding each other, or giving into some sort of stereotypical behavior because we know, oh, I spoke with Alan. Yeah, he's a, uh, oh yeah, he's all far. Yeah, we speak all the time. We're talking about his, his, his uh, daughter's getting ready to go to college, mine just graduated yeah. college. So he's looking, the price of tuition. I mean, look, we're two fathers who are yeah. having a discussion about right. our kids. Yeah. It's the same thing, right? I can give him advice, he'll give me advice. So I think that's a, that's a much more advanced and beautiful world. And much more interesting,
0: uh, again, I, <clears throat> I grew up in the former Soviet Union, so I came here uh, into the United States at the age of 14. There were no black people in the Soviet Union. Uh, the only black uh, people that we've ever seen were people who, from Ethiopia or somewhere right. uh, in the other African countries that went to the universities, and we were completely mesmerized by seeing something different from ours. So, And then I come to the U.S., and it's so diverse. To me, this is the cool part. I never understood why I would treat somebody different because of what their color is, sure, <laughs> really. Sure. And so sure. I know I'm not the, the prototypical kind of uh, uh, person growing up here in, in a very cocooned environment, not knowing anybody and being afraid of it. So I know I'm a little different. I'm also Jewish, so I've experienced discrimination and being treated as a second. Antisemitism, uh, absolutely. You know. so I, I don't I think that
1: they don't. Those right. If they don't discriminate. Against, if they discriminate against LGBTQ oh, yeah. and people of color. Then, yeah. buddy, <laughs> you're not too far behind. Sure, and anti-Semitism yeah. is on the rise as well. We've seen these incidences in New York and here in Los Angeles. So, again, we all have the stake in the society that we get to practice our religion, raise our kids, live at places we want to live. Uh, we're, we're all striving for that, and it's about time that we did have an honest and true conversation, as painful as it is, about what will it take on the road to resolving these conflicts that that are in, that seem to be embedded in our society.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's one of the reasons why uh, I loved, and I had jo- uh, Jonathan Adams on the show as well, but I love Last Man Standing. It's one of my favorite yeah. shows because they didn't shy away from it. You know, you had Tim Allen and Jonathan Adams. Really just open up and have a conversation and laugh about it and see that, yeah, it doesn't matter. We're all really the same and we can joke about it and we can be uh, friends. So that's where I want this world to continue.
1: Yeah, it only festers when you don't talk about it. That's the thing is if you don't talk about it, it actually just festers and becomes more of a thing. Yeah. If it's, a, it's like that white elephant part in the part, but it's like a white elephant in the room, nobody will, the elephant is there. It seems to take up a lot of space. We're sort of putting yeah. dinner utensils on it. We're dressing it up, but no one's saying, why is there a white elephant in the middle of our freaking living room? Yeah. I, I don't get that. Well, you know, then what are we doing? That If we're not gonna talk about it, it's just gonna fester. And there'll be this group kind of denial. And it's, and it's been hard. Again, it's difficult because these things have taken hundreds of years, racial prejudice, systemic uh, bigotry. However, if, if we don't start now as a society, when are we going to start? And I, I can gladly say we seem to be leaning that way now.
0: I am, I'm very glad to hear it. And I'm glad to hear that you're seeing it in reality. That's the more important part. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, we have a few more minutes before you get to run. So I wanted to touch upon your new film, Seventh and Union. What can you tell us about it?
1: We open tomorrow night, the uh, LA Latino International Film Festival. Uh, We open tomorrow night, it's a beautiful film. Talk about people of different uh, races or or certain ethnicities. It's about a Mexican boxer, an ex-Mexican boxer, who's tried to come over to the United States with his family, start a new life, and this very disgruntled African-American man who's estranged from his family, his daughter, and somehow, I mean, different generations, brown and black, but somehow come together and find each other sort of this will to go on and try one more time. Totally, totally disparate backgrounds, Mexican boxer, African-American gentlemen, uh, older coming together and finding something in each other that says, you know, I believe in you. I I don't care what anybody says, I believe in you. And I think you could take another shot. I think you should take another shot at life, another shot at at, at achieving your dreams. So it's, it's just from that point of view, the boxing scenes are great, <laughs> the, the boxing scenes, but that's really just a bo- backdrop to the, uh, uh, relationship that grows between these two men.
0: No, that's, that sounds like a beautiful movie. Best of luck with the uh, release. Thank you. We're going to post some links right below the video, so please go Thank check you. that out. Yeah. Um, no, that's great. Thank you so much, Greg. It's for, been a pleasure. Uh,
1: I feel like yeah. we just had a sat in a living room and had a little conversation, Alan. I really appreciate your uh, your candor. I, I do appreciate it.
0: Well oh, listen, that's that's really what the show is about. There's no twenty questions here. It's just a conversation with interesting people. So
1: Yeah. And you reveal uh, so much more that way. There's so much more revealing that way. Right.
0: Yeah, so uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Good luck with your
1: child too and and the colleges that you're seeking. It does work out. (laughs) I just wanna tell you, I'm on the other side now because mine just graduated last week. Alan, it does work out. It does work out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: I I probably will have another another show just talking to people about the college education and the whole system and how expensive it is. That is a topic for another day, but
1: thank you. Listen, how many hours do you have? We can talk no
0: Uh, absolutely thanks greg i really appreciate
1: it Uh, thank you thanks to everybody stay healthy as well
0: yes please be be careful just because the numbers are going down and that's a beautiful thing please take care and stay careful i'm so glad Um, you said
1: that yeah yeah we're on the other side because of the vaccine however you know the other variants out there so we just need to continue exercise common sense that's all okay that's my last word
0: Okay, sounds good. All right, thank you, Greg, and thanks everybody for watching.